We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Hey, in just a moment, I'm going to uh, bring Wade up, and he's going to share today. And you might think, who is Wade? We probably don't know. And uh, so I'll tell you a bit about Wade. Uh, Wade and Emma. Emma's in the mother's room with my wife Tara and her little girl Estelle. Uh, Wade and Emma are a part of our church up at Ardrossan. And uh, they've been a part of our church for the last year or so, and they've been an incredible blessing and encouragement not only to our church, but to, I know, me and Talia personally. Uh, we love them. And uh, just to give you a bit of a context of who they are, well, Wade is a, a son of a missionary. Nick grew up in Thailand, and then they met at Hillsong and got married. And in the last five years, before they moved back to the Maitland area, they lived in Turkey, India, and the Philippines. So there's a bit of a... So if anyone's bringing in the virus, no, I'm joking. He's been here since Maitland. He's clear. I shouldn't make jokes, should I? I really shouldn't. It's just too hard. And... <laughs> Sorry, Wade. And... Um, Doing a lot of aid work over in those countries. They were helping Syrian refugees. They were helping in the Philippines, in the, in the landslides and different things. They did some Bible uh, school over in the Philippines, a New Life Church, and, uh, and moved back to York Peninsula to have a baby. Emma's from the area. Uh, you, if you're around the area, you might know a bit of the Langford family. She was a Langford, and now they're a Stuart. And uh, they've been an incredible blessing to our church. And Wade uh, spoke uh, our Drossen a few weeks ago, and we're like, hey, mate. I think you should go do Edithburg as well. And uh, I reckon he's going to be a real blessing to us today. And uh, I want you to be expectant. I want you to be ready. He's one of our brothers from up at Ardrossan. And uh, he's got an incredible word for us, continuing this, this wisdom series and what we're talking about. So can we give Wade a hand? Bit of an awkward time, isn't it? I don't know why I brought my Bible up, um, probably just to prove that I do have one. Um, this day and age, I think we all use our smart devices, don't we? Um, yeah, thank you for having me and my wife and little baby Estelle. It means a lot. Um, it's a real honour to speak to you guys today. Um, I just love what Pastor Ben and Darren are doing up in Adrossan. It's it's. It's great. It's great to see. We've got a great little community up there. If you can make your way up, you'd be very blessed to see what's going on up there. Um, I'd like to pray, because I need it. <laughs> um, so let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you reign above all. You are above everything. You're above our fear. You're above our ignorance. You're above sickness. You're above lack. You are our God. Father, may your word speak through me today and your word only. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's continue this wisdom series with a bit of earthly wisdom. Confucius says, man who runs in front of car gets tired. Man who runs behind car gets exhausted. I heard another one, Ben. I'm a bit hesitant to say it, but I'll say it. Man who farts in church sits in own pew. <laughs> bit of context. All right, some of this you may have heard before, but repetition is key. 
Proverbs says, store up commands within us. Daily we need to intake the Word of God. It is an important thing because it takes our earthly mind a little while to process it. So we need it up there to draw from it constantly. I'd like to set a bit of a foundation and then I'll step into my three points. Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make man in our own image according to our own likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and everything creeping on the earth. God made us in his image. That's not to say that to elevate who we are, but just to remind us who and whose likeness we're made from. Okay? The creator of, of heaven and earth. He is three parts, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Likewise, we are three parts. Spirit, soul, and body, or flesh. We can see this in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we had a pretty sweet life set up in the Garden of Eden. That was ruined uh, by our mate Adam. Thanks, Adam. Um, and in that process, our spirit passed away. Our, our spirit was, was dead. I kind of like to think of it. Perhaps, I don't know, Ben, perhaps they were, you know, Eve and Adam were arguing about something. And, you know, Adam's like, oh, why don't you change your hair, you know? We'll just do something different. And, you know, she stormed off and said, go do whatever you want. Eat whatever you want. And off she went. I reckon uh, Adam, Adam was at fault there, mate, for sure. <laughs> but as a result, our spirit, our spirit died. And our communication with God, there was a wall built there. It ceased to be what it used to be. Our soul is, is the part that kind of is witnessed to by either the flesh or it's witnessed to by either the spirit. right? And if our spirit is dead, guess who's winning? The flesh. Our body is, is, is winning, right? Galatians 5.17 is proof of this. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. So our soul's standing in the middle. We've got the spirit of God and our spirit trying to lead us in godly ways. We've got the soul in the middle and we've got the flesh saying, no, let's go this way. Whichever one our soul listens to the most is the direction we head. We're either led by the Spirit of God or we're led by our flesh. Our flesh is everything. My main, one of my main issues is, is probably gluttony. <laughs> I don't mind a good feed or two or three or four or five. Um, so my wife's forever trying to keep the weight off my hips. Um, what does this have to do with wisdom? What does knowing this have to do with wisdom? When we read God's learn, uh, word and we learn of his wisdom, we get to know God personally and it witnesses to our spirit. As we draw from the word of God, his spirit, his Holy Spirit talks to our spirit. Right? We learn more of the character of our God. Our spirit man is built up. Leads us in a more eternal purpose 
a more meaningful life. The Proverbs aren't just little Confucius sayings. When we read Proverbs, we're not just, you know, they're not something to think, oh, that's lovely. They're ways of, of leading our life. Like you said, with, with regards to the coronavirus, wisdom is needed in this situation. God's our protector. Doesn't mean we go outside and play with the traffic. We need wisdom. We don't do silly things. God gives us a word and says, go and talk to that man. Pray for him. You don't stand back and go, hallelujah. No, you, you've got a word from God. You walk up in all confidence because God gave you that word and you pray for that man. We need to know we need to know how to live our life without fear, but with wisdom. So when we read the Proverbs and we read the Word of God, this, this directs us. Wisdom says, Proverbs 8.20, I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth and I may fill their treasuries. This shows us that wisdom leads us. Now, the Bible was written over a couple of thousand years. From beginning to end, it is full of wisdom. We cannot start to unpack it right now. Um, and I, I, I'm not qualified. So, um, what I'd like to do is give you three points. Three points, and if you're looking for a, a, a message, uh, a title to the message, it's called Unlocking Wisdom. And these are three points three ways for us to unlock the wisdom of God. First point, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. And it's kind of scary, but we do it all the time as we go about our daily business, but we just don't even realise it. I'd like to read from the Amplified Version because uh, it explains it really well. The reverent fear of the Lord, that is the worshipping Him and regarding Him as truly awesome, is the beginning part of wisdom. It's its starting point and essence, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding and spiritual insight. The key point there is this is not a cowering fear. This is a reverent fear. What does a reverent fear look like? I thought of a really good analogy. Um, well, I'll just pat myself on the back there. Um, <laughs> my, my wife was a professional basketball player, and she was for many years. And I used to see little girls run up to her all the time after the games, and they'd be like, oh, you know, can I have your autograph? Or can I have a, a chat to you or something like that? It was really, really cute. And anything that my wife said to them at that point spoke to them directly, right? They had this reverence towards her. If she was to say, you know, listen to your coaches, train really hard, when you fall over, get back up. They just took that on board immediately because they had a reverent respect towards Emma, right? That's the, that's the type of reverent fear we need to have towards God. Another example is, I've got a sister-in-law, she's a doctor. I am in awe of anyone who can study for that long. <laughs> All right. When I go up to her and say, what's wrong with me? She says, a lot of things are wrong with you, but this particular issue 
is this. I go, okay, thank you very much. I don't debate her. I have respect for her. I'm in, I'm in awe of what she's accomplished. And I say, yeah, all right. I take it on board straight away. Celebrities. How many celebrities endorse products that they know nothing about? We see them on telly all the time. Buy this kitchen. You know what I mean? I think, who was, was that Rory on telly the other day? Who said, you know, you build it kitchens. I'm not sure if that's Rory's family business or not, but he's endorsing it. What do we do? We have a reverence towards those type of people. We go, okay, he's saying it, I'll do, I'll do it. I remember when I was young meeting a, a, a famous rugby player, because I come from Queensland, we play footy up there. Uh, oh, no, 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 sorry, sorry, bad, no, my bad. I do enjoy the game we play down here. Um, but I, I was so scared to meet this guy. I was actually afraid. And that little feeling that, that is kind of what we're talking about here. It's just like, oh, wow. If we have this towards humans, how much more God? Why don't we sit there and go, oh, wow. This is God. This is the creator of heaven and earth that I'm talking to right now. Anything he says... I'm doing it. We need to put God up there. I, I find, like, like Ben said, I grew, up on, I grew up in the East. I spent a lot of time in the East. Uh, we have no problem understanding reverent fear. In fact, leadership over there is often feared. Right? We just, well, yeah, whatever you say, sir, because you'll, you'll, you'll take all my money, not just a portion of my taxes. You'll take it all. Or, you know, we come across into the West and not by any, you know... We're not trying to do it on purpose, but we've got so much talking to us here. You know, we've got billboards everywhere. We've got, you know, put, you're worth it. You're the, you're the best. You're, you know, we've got so many distractions. We've got distractions like providing for our families. We've got distractions. We've got business problems. We've got, we've got so many issues here that draw us away from God and, and the position we put God in. We're not maliciously doing it. It's a simple case of marketing. Whatever's screaming at you the most is where you put your respect and, and reverence towards. We need to remember here that we've we got to put God in a position that we listen to straight away. Whenever I'm... I mean, who needs, a, who needs a, an example of how great God is? I mean... <laughs> You just, just sit down there and think about it for a second and you'll, you'll, you'll picture it. I like, just for a bit of comedy, I like to go to Job. Um, <laughs> Job is Job's a great guy. Um, God's having a chat to him in, in Job verse 38. Job's been complaining for 37 chapters and God comes down and, and just gives him a little slap. He says, he says, Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? That kind of sets the tone for who, who our God is. Or who, or who shut the doors, who, who shut in the sea with doors when it bursts forth and issued from the womb? Have you entered the springs of the sea? Have you walked in search of the depths? Where is the way to the dwelling of light, Job? Where does light come from? That you may know the paths of it. Do you know it because you were born then? Or because the number of your days are great? 
Who's divided a channel in the overflowing water or the paths of the thunderbolt to cause it to rain on the land where there is no one, a wilderness which has no man? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds that an abundance of water may cover you? That'd be pretty neat. Um, can you send out lightnings that they may go and say to you, here we are, who has put wisdom in the mind? Who has given understanding to the heart? Who can number the clouds by wisdom? Our God is just phenomenal. <laughs> we actually can't picture how great our God is. We need to have this reverence. And we're not maliciously trying to do the opposite. We just need to be aware that it's happening. There's so much drawing on our lives. There's children, there's grandchildren. We need to, to take some time to realign our focus and give the voice of God the respect and all that it deserves. That's fearing the Lord. I had a, a funny, another funny joke just came to mind. These scientists were, were working for a lifetime and they, they, they came to God and they said, right God, we've, we've got you. He said, we have created a man out of dirt. God says, that's great. I'm so proud of you. Now create dirt out of nothing. It kind of puts it in perspective. It's a silly joke, but our God is amazing. And especially in a time like this, we need to remember that. Wisdom, likewise, is used by God. Proverbs 8, 22 to 36, I won't read it all, shows us that wisdom was with God when he created the earth. Wisdom predates the earth. God uses wisdom himself. How much more should we use wisdom? We have ability to tap into the, the very part of God that, that created it all. I'll read from verse 32. Now therefore, listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. This is wisdom talking. Hear instruction and be wise. Do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins, sins against me, wronging his own soul. All those who hate me love death. Again, that is wisdom talking. It's pretty severe. Sin against me and you wrong your own soul. Remembering now that the soul is the, the part of us that is making the decisions. Do we follow the Spirit of God? Do we follow wisdom or do we follow flesh? Follow flesh, we love death. Pretty, yeah. I just don't like to think about it too much. All right, point number two. So that's point number one, fear the Lord. Point number two is know the voice of your Father. Know the voice of His wisdom. I'm going to read to you Proverbs 9, 4 to 6, and then Proverbs 9, 16 to 18. All right, Proverbs 9. This is wisdom speaking. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come, eat of my bread, drink of my wine I have mixed. Forsake foolishness and live, and go in the way of understanding. A little bit later in the, cha uh, in the, in the chapter, it says, 
Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And as for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, and that her guests are in the depths of hell. That was foolishness talking. Both of them say the same thing. Both of them are standing there saying, Whoever is simple, come here. Whoever lacks understanding, and then they give out their instructions. How do we know the difference between wisdom and foolishness when they're both telling us the same thing? About you. Come here. I've, um, I've thought about it like this. Knowing what the instruction sounds like, so, sorry, knowing the voice that is saying the instruction is the most important thing. For example, a father and a stranger can say the same thing to a child. It's going to sound the same. The stranger will say, hey little fella, come here, jump in the car, we'll head down the bakery. That's a stranger. Who knows that? That could lead anywhere. A father can say, hey little fella, jump in the car, we'll head down the bakery. What's the difference? The voice, the sound of the voice. The child distinguishes stranger, father. Safe, not safe. This is how we lead our life. We need to know what wisdom sounds like. How do we know what wisdom sounds like? We need to know what our father sounds like. How do we know what our father sounds like? We get into this one here. We get around each other. We listen to to good words, we listen to our leaders, we fellowship with each other, and we start to press into a relationship with our God. Actually, my my sister-in-law, who is the doctor, um, I came to her one day with a really sore foot, and I said, what's wrong with my foot? Um, Actually, no, I didn't want to bother her. So first, I went to a doctor, and I said, what's wrong with my foot? And he says to me, oh, you played basketball last night, so you've torn a tendon. Right? Oh, sorry, okay. And then, out of interest, I thought it hurt way too much. So I went to my sister-in-law, and she says, you've got gout. I'm like, what? I'm 30 years old. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm fit. I'm fine. How do I have gout? Well, I had gout, didn't I? Guess who was right? Both of them were doctors. One of them said one thing, one of them said the other. One of them cared about me, one of them cared about my money, because I was in and out of his office like in two minutes. Paid him my, my cash. But my sister-in-law actually cares about myself. And she looked at longer than 30 seconds and she said, Yeah, that's that's what the problem is there, mate. Knowing, the word knowing is really, the reason I I, I highlight that, the word knowing in the Hebrew is a really intimate word. It's not just, oh yeah, I know the way to the shops. It's to know someone. Genesis 4.1 says to know your wife. Genesis 25.57 says to know hunting. Knowing that means you're a skillful hunter. You know the times, you know the, the weathers, you know the prey, you've studied it, you, you know it in depth. 
Isaiah 25.11 says to know books, which back in those days was a big deal, because to know how to read was a really big deal. That shows an image of time, study, years and years and years of study. It's an intimate knowing. When we spend time with God, we get to know God in a really intimate way. And intimacy carries respect as well. When I said to, um, to doc, uh, you know, my sister-in-law, what's wrong with me? I didn't throw her advice away. I threw the other guy's advice away. Why? Because I knew her. So when we know God and we, we're, we're compared with so many options and then he gives us his option, we have that intimacy, so we take his option. Right? My, um, like Ben said, my father-in-law and my brother are farmers up in Arthurton, the Langford family. <clears throat> if I was to ever start a farm, which I probably wouldn't, um, and I was to ask them how to go about my farming, I would probably take their word over just about any other farmer on the peninsula or in the country for that matter because I, I know them. They care about me. I take their advice on board. So that's point number two. Know the voice of your father and know the voice of his wisdom. When we know our father, that helps us revere him. That helps us respect him. The, the delay between being given the Word of God and actually acting out the Word of God can, can be years for some people. We can sit there in limbo for years, going, what do we do, what do we do? We've heard from God, but we've got so much other wisdom. If we could just go, what did God say? Sweet, I'm doing that. Our life would progress so much further and so much more powerfully Which leads us to our third point, trust in the Lord. This is, is this where the rubber hits the road. This is where we get put on show a little bit. People around us are watching. What's this guy going to do? Trust equals obey. Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. I've got a little example for that one. We, uh, I grew up overseas a lot. My wife is a professional basketball player. As a result, we, we travel a lot. Um, it's been amazing, uh, but it hasn't come without its, its troubles, its challenges. Um, our dating life was an example of that. Three years long distance, and it wasn't just, you know, Edith Berg, Arthurton long distance. She was in Australia, I was in South Africa, and then Armenia, and then all over the place, and she was travelling around through Australia. It was almost impossible for us to be in the same place at the same time. We started our dating relationship, obviously, foolishly, um, we said, yeah, we'll make it work, we'll make it work. 
It's very difficult to have a three-year-long distance relationship. I think in that three years, we probably spent about six months face-to-face. Maybe a bit more, maybe nine months, something like that, just a guess. Most people would have said, don't bother. And in fact, if I'm to give you some advice, it's really tricky. (laughs) So make sure you've got a word from God. Earthly wisdom said, don't do it. Fortunately, we were listening to God. God said, go for it. It's like, God, do you know what's going on? I don't even know what's going on here. I don't, you, I'm going here, 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 here. She's going there, 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 there. And you want us to get to know each other? He says, yeah, go for it. Now, I made a lot of mistakes in that process. And there's a number of times where I'd just, you know, be on the phone and chatting away here, trying to fix something. And I'd just make it worse, worse and worse and worse and worse. How says the God, all right, that's it. If you want this to happen, God, I need you to fix it. Next morning. Good morning, love. How are you? Whoa! What just happened here? God was a part of that relationship throughout the whole relationship. I'd be saying, yeah, sorry about that. Or she, Emma never made a mistake, ever. She was, she was amazing. Uh, and as a result, we now have a beautiful, beautiful marriage. Again, not without its difficulties we have a beautiful child she's perfect she's absolutely perfect sleeps all night um <clears throat> yeah it's never been sick doesn't cry doesn't have teething pain none of those problems the, the point i'm saying is it wisdom would have said just just don't you know earthly wisdom in a sense would have said just don't do it three years of pain don't don't do it it's really hard god said go for it This is what I'm talking about when I say don't lean on your own understanding. Because trust me, for the the first little while, I was leaning on my own understanding. I said, this is not a good idea. This is not a good idea. But we trusted in God. We obeyed God. And as a result, we have a, a wonderful fruit that came from that. So our three points... Fear the Lord, know his voice, trust and obey. When we start to trust God and we start to just hear his words, go about his ways with that reverent fear, we know it's God talking to us in our heart. We take those steps. He starts to trust us. He trusts us with more wisdom. He trusts us with a purpose. He trusts us with his blessings and his increase. And he trusts us with the things he cares about the most, which is other souls and other people around us. And he says, go and pray for that guy. He says, be friends with these people. He says, get close to these people. God is an eternal being. We were made in his image. Therefore, we are also eternal. One day we'll leave this temporary body and step into eternity. The eternity that we step into is determined by the choices we make in this life now. Wisdom directly influences our lives now and in turn our eternity. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 to 16. 
But the natural, unbelieving man does not accept the things, the teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness and absurd. Absurd and illogical to him. And he is incapable of understanding them. Because they are spiritual, discerning and appreciative. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got two different translations up here. Let me start again. Because they are spiritual, discerned and appreciated and he is unqualified to judge spiritual matters but the spiritual man the spiritually mature christian judges all things questions examine and implies what the holy spirit reveals yet is himself judged by no one the unbeliever cannot judge cannot understand the believer's spiritual nature this church is not just a place we come on Sunday. Our God is not just a God for Sunday. Our God is a God for every day. His wisdoms do not just apply today, they apply throughout the whole week. Our lives do not revolve around ourselves, our lives revolve around God, and when it re they revolve around God, they're led by God, and we live our life powerfully, with an eternity focus. We're here to make a difference now so that our eternity is changed forever. This church is making great grounds. Wisdom is leading this church. We need wisdom to lead our everyday lives. It just takes one or two of us to step up and say, yeah, God, I'll do it, to make a total change in this area. And we can do it. We can be led by God. In Christ, we'll co-labor with Christ and we will lead this peninsula to God. We will have increase. We will have healings. We will have favor. And we will have an eternal difference made in this peninsula when we follow his wisdom. Let's pray. Thank you, Holy Father. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. Thank you, Lord, for your wisdom in these times, troubling times. Thank you, Lord, for your wisdom in peaceful times. Thank you, Father, that you haven't put walls up between you and us. You're there. You're always there. Holy Spirit, let, teach our souls. Let our souls draw closer and closer to you. Father, anything holding us back that we're not aware of, show it to us that we may deal with it, that we may live a life full of your power, full of your wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks, mate. I want to encourage you this week, go back and consider who is Lord that fear, that reverence Wade talked about. Who is Lord? Sit down with your family. Who's Lord of our family? Who's Lord of, my, who's Lord of my finances? Who's Lord? It's a good question to ask. It's a question we need to keep on asking because of the world we live in. And the more complex our world gets, uh, the more we need to keep asking that question, I think. Who is Lord? Who is Lord? Because we want to be in line with him. Hey, thanks, mate.
That was incredible. Hey, uh, we're going to finish the service in just a moment. We'll go have some time together. I want to encourage you. Make sure you're here next week. We're going to have an incredible time together. Uh, ladies, get here Saturday morning. Look, Tom's so keen. He's already up. And uh, bring someone along. Got the parenting night. Come along Sunday. It's going to be a powerful time together, a great time in our community. Have an incredible week. Shine the light of God. God bless you guys. Have an incredible week. Thanks.